Hey guys. <laughs> you. Oh hey. <laughs> okay. It's too. Uh, it's just. Can we? We'll, we'll, do, we're, we'll, we'll do it again. I Okay. Hey guys, we're back. <laughs> What? Oh, Every no. time. I'm sorry. I can't look at you when you say that like that. <laughs> okay. It's okay. Wait a minute. We're back for episode six. Episode six. No, don't. Five. <laughs> episode five. No. You skipped one. Whoa, dude. It is five. Episode five. That's okay. Counting's hard. Episode five. Hello. Um. Yeah, we are. We are. Um. <laughs> I have um, these headphones. I these don't new, know what we are. We. I have these new headphones on. Um, from Rebecca. You look great. I'm keeping these, by the way, and I really enjoy the sound of my voice right now. And normally I don't like the sound of my voice, so these are like magical. You look like you work me. at a radio station. I feel like I work at a radio station right now. <laughs> um, do you have any good leg stretches? <laughs> I know that I seems mean, obscure, but I'm lunges? sitting in this chair. No, oh, late night lunges. <laughs> late night lunges. I'm um, sitting in this chair and... Just put them straight out. That's you your stretch? Yoga with Kezia. Just put them... Well, just what put are you trying to do? Stretch my legs while you're sitting. Uh, well, no, just in, just in, do you have any like? Oh, that's a good stretch. You know um, what? It's okay. Maybe. Not from this position, no. Okay, thank you for your advice. <laughs> but if you like, we could, we could stand. We could talk about and, this later. It's okay. okay. <laughs> um, Darla. Yes. <laughs> Did you see that photo I sent into our radio face group chat? Uh, today. Yes. Yes, yes, I did see that one. The today. contest one. Yes, I saw that one about the movie. Yeah. Okay. So before we get into that, okay. I'm gonna backtrack. <laughs> okay. Because there's a reason why I found this. So I still have a hotmail account. <laughs> I get made fun of a Wait, lot. What is what is no, maybe you shouldn't give that out. I'm not I gonna say what care. it is, but it's still a is hotmail. It some, does it have like a sixty nine in it or like print no. little princess? Something? No, I was no. no. I wasn't that big of a loser. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Was it yours like some, no, 69? I, no, it was 40, some 420. 41. No, 41 for oh. some 41 because oh. I loved some 41. And so my email was some gal 41 because that's clever. <laughs> Cream of some young gal. Ew. <laughs> Not that. But I don't still have my hotmail. Okay, mail. so the reason why I still so have don't it. email me to that address. Because it doesn't exist. It's not me. It's wink, wink. Um, <laughs> the reason why I still have it is because I use it as a junk mail email because I don't want to give everyone my Do normal email. you know they have folders for that, for junk mail? I don't want to get a million emails to my business account. That's just not how I roll. Okay. So when you go, like, shopping and they're like, oh, can we get your email? Like, I see. You those use it. Kind That's of... actually really intelligent. Anyways, so finally yesterday I sat down and I went through and I – unsubscribed to every single junk email I was getting to that. You unsubscribed to everything you had s- subscribed to before. I didn't, I don't even know how I subscribed to most of these. I've been getting them for like 10 years. Okay. Like Capilano College still emails me and I haven't gone <laughs> me, there. Me too. Since the dawn of time. I never went there and I you get d- emails. <laughs> so maybe I, f- maybe I forward them to you somehow. That would be cool. Um. Anyways, so I was going through, and then today I was looking again to see who's still emailing me from the ones I unsubscribed from, and I saw the Fox, the C Fox right. radio station. Sure. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna open this and see what it is. Maybe it's cool. And it was win ten thousand dollars. <gasps> you have to recreate your favorite movie, but in sixty seconds, not just one scene, the whole movie. In in one minute. In one minute. A whole movie in and a minute. I thought we could that would that. be the funnest <gasps> thing to do. We could the, do that. The three of us. Yeah. Me you yes. and Rebecca. Rebecca, are you in? You don't really have a choice. You're in. We need you. We um, need you so bad. <laughs> and I don't I don't know how many people actually open their emails. Well, how old is it? It's not from like it's eight from years. like today. That's what are the it's odds? It's from today. What are the odds? You and went I, junk email cleaning. I know. It's a sign. <laughs> <laughs> you have too much time on your hands. No, I was just checking emails. Um, I think it's a great idea. Okay. I'm totally in. But my question is, what, what genre? Okay. Or straight up, let's go right to what movie. We I can think, narrow it right I down think it right would now. Be, okay. Obviously, our favorite genre is horror. But okay. that could be like a bit tricky. You could make it a little bit funny, though. I think we should do a comedy. Well, what if we made the horror comedy? Like The Shining in one minute would be funny. Hilarious. Oh my god, because of that lady, the mom. Yeah. And how she runs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it 
If you see that movie, you know what I'm talking about. And when, like, she's waving the knife so yes. feebly okay. at him. Shh. Can we do that then? Yeah, done. Okay. Like, that's because the first thing that came to mind. there's only three characters in the movie anyways, basically. Shadi being the kid and the dad. You and can't then, be two. What? Oh, because Rebecca. I'm no. not going to be in it, guys. She just wants to do all the other oh, hard stuff. Oh, she can film it. Yeah. yeah we I... can be more than one character. Okay. I could rock kid and dad mode or kid and okay, mom mode. Okay, then I'll be, mo- I'll be mom I and, think you'd and kill um, the mom mode. that creepy lady in the bathtub. Oh, gross. Yeah, that's totally you. <laughs> Wait, and then I'll we get my both saggy tits can... out. I'm <laughs> just kidding. And you can help me shave my armpits. <laughs> and then we can both be the twin kids. Yes. Oh, or we could get tracks. my kids to be the kids. Because oh, they're creepy. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, done. Done. Guys, Amazing. Emery I and think Asher? we have until the 29th Wait. of January. Okay. So let's friggin' do this. Also, we just told everyone that there's a contest that we're trying but to win. But you guys so. don't do it. It's okay. We'll just do it. You guys don't Yes, I to. was joking. That's not real. She made it up. Or it's the email's actually from 1998. Okay? <laughs> I better double check, but I, yeah. think, I think you're right. Probably is. Uh, How's your year been so far? <laughs> well, actually, pretty good. Really? Despite yeah. the world going down in flames, Kesia I mean, is doing I'm well. I'm just not paying attention to the world going that down in flames. one way of handling I it. I went snowboarding for the first time this winter yesterday. How was the powder? It was freaking awesome. It snowed all morning, and then the sun came out, and it was sunny all afternoon. Perfect. I can't remember <laughs> the last time I went snowboarding. I'm actually trying to think, and I... It might have been like big white. No, mm, what year was? No, it went after like that, but it was probably around that time. Yeah, what is that like? Oh, that's over a decade. Yep, gross. But you had kids. I'm gonna be rusty. I feel like you'll and just pick it up. It's I feel like, like I'm gonna like... dislocate several things. Yep, and probably. then I'll just go to the bar. So. Yep. could be worse things. <laughs> How's your year so far? It's fantastic. I've worked three quarters of the year so far <laughs> i mean that's incredible i think i think it's even more than that um yeah. yeah no it's been okay we're okay everybody's healthy so yeah healthy as in like not sick what yes <laughs> what were you thinking i don't know okay yes healthy as in not sick just to clarify everyone is not sick sweet <laughs> I feel like every time we say um, we have to, you just give a little mark, and then we do a shot the next time. Ooh. The um shot. A sh- um shot. Mm-hmm. That's but too close to something else I don't oh. want to think about. Right in the eye. <laughs> I heard it stings. I don't know. Should should we, rock, paper, scissors? we should rock, paper, scissors this. <clears throat> oh, wait. This is a weird reach for me. Figure it out. You don't have to I'm going gonna... guys. You guys can literally oh. sit where you're sitting. No, no. You have to go close. I'm going left-handed, you guys. I've never done this left-handed before. This might be an epic fail. You oh. son of a gun. Son of can a... I just scissor your hand? Because oh, it feels slice. good. Thanks. Get slice. Because <laughs> you slice it. Slice. It's a flight. <clears throat> it's been a flight. Okay. Oh, it's your turn. <sighs> So, <laughs> dry mouth ASMR. It reminds ASMR. me of it reminds me of Lobesy, our photography. It reminds teacher. me of Do you remember Lobes? Lobes? Oh yeah. Don't, don't sing. <laughs> no, our Not teacher. Le- our teacher. Our, our photog. <laughs> our photography teacher. She always had a real dry lip. And she then had she'd go, really long lobes. We were mean. We called her. Lobes. You were mean. I was. But we got well kicked mannered. out of class. You because got kicked out no, of no, class, no, no, no. and you Excuse took me, me down. No, we, you were making me laugh to the point we were goofing off. She put me in the classroom next door, and then we were make, we were looking at each other through the classroom door window. Window. The window in the door. And you continued to make me laugh, and then she kicked us both you know out what? into I hear, the hallway. I hear a lot of victim blaming. No, I know. Listen, listen. But then yeah. she put us in the hallway because she thought that would solve that the problem. That was not smart. And then we left together. Wouldn't we, like, go goof off down the hall or well, something? Like, how long are we going to stand in a hallway when you're 15 years old? You're not going to just stand she there. She hated us. You had a very loud laugh. And you had a problem with making me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your problem. <laughs> It's not my problem that you're just a funny guy. You know what? It sounds like Lobes' problem. 
which is why I got a C plus in art and photography. And I feel like I'm actually half decent at those things compared to all the other subjects. Well, you always did excel in the arts. Not, not on paper. Wait, on paper, but not graded. Does that make sense? Yep. Rebecca's got it. Darla, did you know that the last person executed in BC was a gay man? I didn't know that, but now that you're saying it, it's not very surprising. But what year was this? It my was question. in 1959. That is, that I, I find a little shocking. That's not, that's the year my dad was born. That was the last execution in British Columbia. That's her, that's pretty horrendous. Right? This is the story of Leo Anthony Manthra, how he came to be the last person executed in BC for the murder of Aaron Jenkins, his lover. So Leo Mantha and Aaron Jenkins were two sailors from the Canadian Navy. Were they seamen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they were. And they got it in the eye a lot. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> Leo Mantha and Aaron Jenkins were two sailors from the Canadian Navy, and they'd fallen in love. Well, I don't know if they were in love, but they were definitely, like, hooking up. <laughs> and this was in the 50s when gay sex was illegal in Canada and severely punishable under military law. Holy smokes. Being gay was criminalized and considered um, a psychological disorder. That's so sad. I know, right? Yeah. That This wasn't even that long ago. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> So Aaron Jenkins was 23 at the time, and Leo was 30, and Aaron wanted to be in a serious relationship, but Leo was a little more Flighty. uncommittal. Sure. Yeah. yeah, and it said he would like roam around to different sailors every night and, Ooh. you know, kind of <laughs> have a good time. So this pissed Aaron off, and they got into a fight. Aaron had also told Leo that he wanted to leave him and marry a female friend of his. Oh. So Leo was obviously pissed off about this. And anyways, it escalated. And on September 6th, 1958, Aaron Jenkins was stabbed to death through his right eye when he was asleep in the barracks. Jeez. Yeah. So they say that like people when you're when someone is um, stabbed like that's such a abrupt n- no but uh, like a crime of passion often is a stabbing you have to be really close you have to like that kind of a murder for is, sure yeah so but through the eye Ooh. yeah so actually this in this next point is it was it was called Jenkins's death was called a textbook crime of passion right but in today's standards it would be considered manslaughter okay. I wonder if he was like, oh, you like it in the eye? (laughs) Just joking. I mean, could be. Could be lots of reasons why he got it in the eye. (laughs) Um, So Mantha confesses to the crime, and he was convicted and sentenced to the death penalty in 1959, which made him the last person to be executed in B.C., His execution happened in a time when the federal cabinet commuted. Commuted means to lessen the sentence after the conviction. Okay. So most of the death sentences at this time were commuted. But because he was gay... They were like, nah. They didn't... That was not an option. Rude. Right? So... In the summer of 1958, a bartender at our good old friend, the Empress Hotel, nice. introduced the two, and they had an affair. Mantra had written love letters to Jenkins that were later read in court, and they called each other Budsy Wudsy. I love you, Budsy Wudsy. Aww. Isn't that cute? It is cute. <laughs> You're my Budsy Wudsy. <laughs> A mutual friend of their stand said that the two got into an argument the night of Aaron's death. He saw Aaron outside of the Empress that night, and it looked like someone had beat the shit out of him. So they went together to Leo's apartment. He had an apartment downtown Victoria and to get his uniform. And then he was like, what happened to you? And they talked about it. And 
Aaron said they got in a fight, and Leo had punched him in the face or wherever he punched him. <laughs> and But while they were talking about this whole situation, Leo was in the next room, and he heard everything. So this, like, pissed him off. A lot of drama in this one. Yeah. I have a question. Do we have any... Is there any information about the woman that he wants... It just seems so out of the, like... Um, I don't know. I I feel like maybe he was just saying Using, that oh, because... Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Because, um, because Leo wasn't, like, super committed to him. Mm-hmm. So maybe he was just, like, doing that to get a rise out of him. Okay. So, yeah. And obviously worked. <laughs> so, yeah. So then... He heard everything in the next room, and but he told the court later that this fight that they had was the end of their relationship, and he was quite heartbroken and had actually contemplated suicide, mm. and his plan was to drive up the Malhat, and you like you know the highest point. There yeah, yeah. Was to just like drive off of the edge of the cliff. Jeez. But then on his way to the highway, he decided to stop in at the naval base. That's where Aaron was staying in Esquimalt and then attempt to salvage their relationship. So he snuck into the barracks. The barracks are buildings used to house soldiers. Mm-hmm. He snuck in there and stabbed Aaron twice in the head with a 23 centimeter hunting knife. God. So, I mean, that's not really, like, saving your relationship at all. We should talk. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. We need to talk. Let me just get my Actually. knife. <laughs> <laughs> so Aaron, like, got up, screamed, and, like, flailed around, and then he collapsed in the doorway and died within minutes. God. Leo went back to his apartment where he was arrested and confessed within five minutes. So... Leo was originally from Quebec and had been in the Navy before working on the tugboats. And he had struggled with his sexuality from a really young age. And he had actually been discharged from the military after a psychiatrist had diagnosed him with personality disorder. With alcohol and sexual deviation. He's troubled. So he was, he was very troubled. Um, and he was found unfit for duty. Mm. So if he wasn't drinking, he was able to control himself more. And apparently the couple weeks prior to the murder, there was a lot of drinking and sex and lack of sleep going on. So I think, you know, he was obviously exacerbating his condition. Yeah, for sure. Um, Not an excuse to stab your lover in the eye. Never. No. No. (laughs) So this story caused quite an impact and after Aaron's death, the military launched a witch hunt. Stan, their friend, said he wasn't sure how many people they hauled out of the Navy, but he took off. Gary Kinsman, he's a sociology professor and co-author of the book Canadian War on Queers. He talks about this story quite a bit. He says that investigators uncovered Aaron's little black books, which had names of other gay men in the military. So they found a list of people, like, from that book in the Marines and in the Navy, and they initiated a purge campaign. So I don't know if you've heard of this. Mm -mm. This is insane. So the Canadian government, the security panel of the Canadian government, spearheaded what they called the gay purge. They just called it that straight up. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So I'm going to go into a little more detail about that. So this purge lasted decades from the 50s to the early 90s that's almost 50 years okay the goal was to find and identify the lgbtq and persecute them so the reason why they did this they were concerned that the gays in the military posed a national security threat because they could easily be manipulated or blackmailed by foreign agents even though there was absolutely no evidence of this happening at all but they used that as an excuse. So Leo's story was used to justify expelling people from public service due to their sexual orientation. And Gary Kinsman, this co-author, had interviewed many people that were involved in Victoria's gay community, and he said they told him that prior to this murder, things were pretty open, but afterwards people had to go underground and basically hide or leave the city and just... I guess protect pretend, themselves. Protect themselves. Yeah. Pretend that they. You 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 wouldn't be able to trust anybody really. 
No. No, because no, now everyone had spies. Public service, RCMP, and military all spied on their own people. And they even, this is so messed up. They had a device that was called the fruit machine, which was supposed to measure homosexual attraction. Wow. So this device was made. Obviously, it didn't work. Like, I don't know how you... Yeah, like, what exactly does it measure? <laughs> does it make any sense? And it's, it's so disgusting, really. Can um, you imagine, though, like, at that time then, living, if you if you were gay... And then either being in full denial, like, of your true self, like, because you can't, you can't, it's not something you can even consider, or just having to hide every part of you. Yeah. Like, what an awful, awful way to live. Oh, like, I 100%. Can't, I can't even imagine for a second what that's like. And this for is your what happened. Life. So they were, so they had to basically choose between their careers or their identities. Yeah. So when these suspects they call them when these people were found they were taken into these like dark rooms and interrogated they were hooked onto lie detector machines and asked very in-depth questions about their personal lives their sex lives and they were abused and some of them were sexually assaulted that's so fucked up that's so fucked up isn't it yeah i can't and this wasn't even that long ago it blows my mind so if they admitted to being gay, they were fired, discharged, or pushed to resign. And their lives were absolutely shattered. The, and this all came from the government, who is supposed to keep citizens safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they just They're failed just a them. bunch of old white dudes. So, yeah. You can't it's, really it's de- awful. depend on them for much. <laughs> I know. It's gross. It's gross. It just, it, it's just, I can't believe this. It's so shocking. So then in 2017, which was three years ago, the Canadian government finally issued a formal apology to the LGBTQ Sorry, community. Three, how long ago? Three years ago. <laughs> apology to everyone affected by the gay purge. And Justin Trudeau gives this speech. I actually watched the whole speech. It's like 20 minutes long. And it's... Like, why three years ago? Like, wh- I don't know. And this went on to the 90s. Yeah, oh. from the 50s to the early 90s. And so, and this speech was given to apologize to everyone affected by it. So, I mean, I didn't read too much about the logistics of the whole purge and how it went down and, and everything. Like, I, this is just like a brief description of it, but I'm sure there's tons more information. Mm-hmm. I looked up also when being gay was decriminalized, and it was 1967, I want to say. But Which, they were still purging them in they the were still, 90s. They were still purging them, according to this information. Yeah. yeah. So then Leo was scheduled to hang at Burnaby Ocala Prison along with another man, 19-year-old Robert Chapman. And this Robert Chapman fella, he was convicted of killing his brother. And he actually had his sentence commuted on the 11th hour. So he didn't actually die. But Leo was not not this fortunate. So, unfortunately for him, on April 27th, 1959, Leo had a T-bone steak for his last meal, wrote a letter to his sister, and he prayed. And he was taken into the gallows and hung shortly after midnight. And then it said that the rope was too short, and he was, so he was, like, slowly strangled. Oh, my God. Horrible. I so I'm conflicted by how I feel about this. Like I'm in no way, it's not okay that he stabbed someone to death. It's a horrific way to die, and that's un- like. Mm-hmm. But there's also the other side of of the, the whole story. homophobia. Yeah, that's, so that yeah, that's basically the unjust. The homophobia plays a role in this era, and in cases like his, highlights how the life and death death decisions are made on like impulse, and they're mm-hmm. unpredictable. But it's basically just. There's people making he had no these chance decisions. because he was gay. There was no no way. Yeah. Exactly. There was no there way. Had that strike against him. Yeah. Yeah. Then the federal government commuted all death sentences and capital punishment was abolished in 1976. And that is the end. Well, that I learned a lot in this one because I, I have never heard of the gay purge and yeah. so thank you for that. 
that's an eye-opener. You're welcome. Very eye-opening. I dislike it, Kezia. I know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, t- it's a touchy subject for some, and, like, even now, you know, with everything going on. So I have, it's good to, to dive in. I just have one more question. Yes. W- was he hanged by neck? <laughs> he was hanged <laughs> by neck. <laughs> good one, Dar. Hey. Um, I actually have a photo of the the... I don't know what you would call it, like a hanging cell, but it's like a cage, essentially, of where he was hung, and they put the, the rope around your neck, and then they drop, like, the bottom of it. Oh, okay, like, they have a whole contra- contraption. It's a contraption. It's not, like, the hangman, like, the wood post thing. That's how no, I visualize no. it. No, It's a little more new age, Ooh, I guess. Cool. <laughs> so, um, we'll, put, we'll post that on Instagram. So, the information from this came from truecrimelibrary.com globalnews.ca, an article from May 5th, 2019, dailyextra.com, an article from May 7th, 2014, and I actually took some information from Trudeau's apology speech from the YouTube video from November 28th, 2017. So, um, are we, let's take a little break. Great. Hi guys, it's Rebecca from Radio Face Stories. I'm in the middle of editing this episode and the power in my house has just gone out. Like, out, out. I'm really starting to wonder if this podcast is haunted. Anyway, enjoy the rest of the show. I just want to make a note that nothing paranormal or creepy has happened the last last episode or this episode, right? Motherfucker. Okay, well... That's the dog. Is it though? Isn't it? Is it though? Yes. You guys. Is it though? The creepiest thing around here is you two. Is it though? I don't think you guys should see yourselves. Is okay. That was nice. Action. Back. <laughs> action. Hi. Hi. Okay. Hi. Okay. How was your pee break? Did you have a good break? <laughs> I did. I Only you myself. and my 81-year-old grandma pee <laughs> that <you>? often. <laughs> I think I, I have... Need, um, need to take a pee break in a half an hour podcast. Because I came in here. Nope. I had nope. Nope. We don't need to hear this. And I chugged a bunch of water. Okay. Thank you for telling us. Is that it? You asked me to have a breakfast. <laughs> All right. What did you do? Sat here waiting for you. (laughs) Waiting. Just waited. Patience is a virtue. It is. I'm a good waiter. I've got children. Waiter and a waitor. You're a a waiter and a waitress? I am. I'm all those things. Mm. You should get a step counter. I have like a pedometer. Hmm? Uh, (laughs) A pedometer? Something that counts your steps? Yeah. I'm curious to see how many steps you do in a regular day just by being a mom. Okay. And... I do. I have. I have one on my watch, and it's actually built into our phones. Okay, so what is the number then? I, I don't know. I'd have to. Do you want me to look that yeah. up right now? Okay. I do. Sorry, excuse me. And it's called a pedometer. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not. <laughs> uh, six thousand. Pedi. Like 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 think a pedo- like a isn't foot it doctor. A child? No, that's pediatric. No, that no. What's a child doctor called? Pediatrician. A pediatrician. Okay, so I'm not that off. A pedometrist is a foot doctor, and a pedometer measures how many foot steps or late night lunges you took. <laughs> uh, average six thousand eight hundred and seventy-two. One what? One more time. Six thousand eight hundred and seventy-two. In a regular day. Yes. You don't even get ten thousand. Sometimes I do, but yeah, screw you. <laughs> I work in a small classroom. I'm joking, classroom. Darla. That's amazing. Liar. I'm not. <laughs> How many steps do you take? Probably seven. <laughs> How many steps did it take you to get to the bathroom and back? It's more than seven. I doubt it. I probably walk about a thousand a day, just choking. I don't even know because I'm all over the place. Well, you should get it. Never. A f- step counter. A pedometer. Then... <laughs> what? Pedometer. Yes, you got it. Why are you laughing? I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, moving right on. Okay, let's do this. I'm going to try to get 10,000 steps tomorrow now because of you. 
Um, I'm definitely going to get 10,000 tomorrow because I'm going for a walk. Okay. That's a challenge. Maybe. We should challenge. Should we challenge? No, not tomorrow. Okay. But yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to count Great, my steps. Great, I feel really inspired. I don't have a pedometrist. <laughs> I'm so excited. I don't have a pedometrist to help me count my steps. <laughs> You're right. You know what? Don't worry about it. I'll just track my own steps. Okay. <laughs> okay. My story is the story of Dead Man's Island. Have you heard of Dead Man's Island? I have not. Really, it's very close to us. Where is it? So there actually is a Dead Man's Island in the UK. This is not what I'm talking about. I am talking about the Canadian one. Uh, it's located just south of Stanley Park in Coal Harbour, which is in Vancouver. Yep. And it's small. It's a small island. It's about 3.8 hectares. And that's very small. It's That's about like just a little bit bigger than two football fields. So for I like, it's not that big. Um, it earned its nickname from its morbid history. <laughs> I don't know. Why are you guys looking? I don't at me know. Like that? I was I, looking. I was just curious about how long it would take to canoe there. <laughs> That's a great question. Well, yeah. I, it is a good question, and I don't think it would take very long because eventually they build a causeway to it from Stanley Park. But I wasn't going to say that yet, Rebecca. So. I'm taking a pause so you can take a pause so we can all take a deep breath. <laughs> Let's Spoiler breathe in. Alert, everyone, a <laughs> Shh, that was the big reveal. Spoiler alert. Causeway. <laughs> if you didn't know, now you know. There is a causeway. <laughs> going. Gonna, we're gonna tell you. Again you know what? In a minute. You guys are It's a bunch going of to Dead Man's Island. Fun facts with Darla in the Pod Lab. Continuing on, assholes. So it earned its nickname from its morbid history. It's a very long, long, dark history this poor little island has. Aww. It's seen its fair share of death. Okay. Okay. So it's been a battle site. It's been an ancient Indian burial ground. It's been a smallpox quarantine space. It's been a squatter settlement. It's it's seen it all, this one little space. Um, why there? Um, why there? Well, it's that's a good question. So... Indigenous had occupied that area since like the six, 600 AD, so a very long, long, long time ago. That is a very long, long, long time well, ago. Many, yeah, many moons. Um, and they actually, there was two tribes. There was a northern tribe and a southern tribe, and they both wanted that little space. And they would send their um, medicine men onto that space to kind of scare away the other tribe so that they could take claim it as theirs and they would chant or dance and they'd burn magic powders and set magic fires and they would do all these things to kind of scare away um, mm-hmm. the other tribe so eventually the southern tribe kidnapped wait two- pardon can yep. you just say southern again southern what did i say? southern oh no do i have an i have an what do you say southern you say southern like I- it's south southern south how do you say northern northern, northern. i say northern and you say southern. I'm not saying you're saying it wrong. No, it's no, no. Interesting. Just, okay, to let me, me think. S- southern. I say southern. Have you always said that? I think so. Is just Darla possessed? Come. <laughs> How do you say it? Southern. Oh shit. Southern comfort. Northern. You say northern. Pardon me. <laughs> That's not a word. Northern. Northern. Southern. Eastern. Eastern. Western. Western. Yeah. Southern. Oh no. South. South. You're so, adding urn onto south. Southern. North. Northern. <laughs> <laughs> Just continue. No, now this is a fucking thing. North. Northern. I see. South. Southern. I can't do it. <laughs> I think it's southern. Southern? Why? That doesn't make sense. It doesn't, Darla. South listen, and listen, southern. Listen, the thing about it, the thing about it is, is that's just how you say it, and that's okay. <laughs> so you can say southern, all you want, but I might question you, motherfucker. Like I just did. Can go on. Tell me about the southernness. Proceed, enhance. Eventually, <laughs> the southern tribe kidnapped two hundred women, children, and elders from the northern tribe. Right. This is their big, big plan to get this land. So they have all these hostages and then two so 200 of the northern tribe warriors sacrificed themselves for the hostages they said no i will trade myself for my my wife and 
and son, baby son, and like they traded. So now they have 200 northern warriors as hostages, and they slaughter them all <gasps> on that island. Whoa. Yeah. Brutal. Right there. And like, think about how small that island is again. Now that's 200 dead bodies Yikes. on that space. So then they celebrated the this victory, the southern tribe. And the next morning, they woke up to see these vibrant red flowers had grown where the bodies were. Whoa. Like the bodies are still there, but these flowers had grown. I just got chills. And they freaked out. They called them, they were called fire flowers, uh-huh. and they had sprung up where the bodies were, and it terrified the southern warriors, and they fled, claiming that the island was cursed and plagued with black magic. So they never kept that land at all. Uh, and so I had to look into fire flower. It was a little hard to, f- to uh, find any, it's not, like, it's, I think it's just an old term, um, but basically it meant that it grew from the heart blood of dead men. Whoa, dude, that's fucking sweet. That morbid and, like, poetic and, like, and, and is there, there couldn't find a photo of I couldn't, I couldn't. That is so cool. So I don't know if that's a little bit legend, like a legend, right. but or if it's just called something different now. I don't know. I mean, I don't think flowers grow overnight, but it did, okay? So uh, in 1862, we're going to go fast forward a little bit. This is later. 1862, the first white settler rode his boat. Perhaps it was a canoe. <laughs> a very short distance row, from row, where Stanley Park would be. Uh, he rode there. Okay, he ri- rides to the rose. Roids. He rides. Get some roids, and then he rows. <laughs> he goes to Dead Man Island, which actually wasn't called Dead Man Island yet at that time. I think it was called Live Man Island. <laughs> Not. <laughs> it was called Come Hither, Come All Island. So, no, it wasn't called Dead Fire Island. It wasn't called Dead Man Island yet. It was um, Fireflower Island. The indigenous Squamish name for it was something that had a seven in it, and I couldn't pronounce it. It was like KT7 something. But I read two different things. One said they it was that literally translated to just island. It was called island. One other said it, it was called the island of dead men, was what they the in, uh, indigenous people called it, which makes sense because they knew the history of it. So right. here comes this man named John Morton. He's a white settler. He rose to the island. And when he gets there, he discovers all these red cedar boxes hanging from the trees. So they're hanging from the trees. They're leaning on the trees. Like coffins? And so he, well, yeah, so he goes and touches one, and it just disintegrates where he touches it. And he is showered with bones and hair and dusty remains, and they're all coffins. Whoa, dude. Yeah. The story is cool. Yeah. Is there and photos of that? Yeah, there is. Sweet. So um, after that big war, they used, or that battle, they just used that island as a, a native tree burial site. What is a native tree burial, you might ask me? Darla, what is a native tree burial? <laughs> what a great question. I have that answer for you right here. So North American First Nations uh, often used that uh, tree burial for a couple of reasons, um, they used it as an alternate grave because the ground was frozen and they couldn't dig. So they would often wrap their dead in, in cloth and put them in a coffin. And they would even just build like scaffolding and place their the graves or the coffins up high. Or they would tie them to trees in the branches and they would stack them even. And they have several. Is that so animals can't get Well, them? they did it because they couldn't bury, dig into the frozen right. okay. dirt. You said that. Right. right. But then there's also... Sometimes they use it just as a general rule, and because they found, yes, it was disrespectful and to walk on a grave so that animals and people wouldn't walk on them. So they would also would do that. So there's more than one reason why. Um, Hanging coffins? Imagine just stumbling upon, just, like, a forest of hanging just, coffins. Yeah. I yeah. would shit my pants. Yeah. That would be freaky. Can you imagine getting showered with the remains of some dusty old dude? S- and hair, hair doesn't... It doesn't go away. Like, hair lasts a long time. Really? So you're, all your stuff rots away, and then there's just a tuft of your... It doesn't decompose? I, I Not at the same rate. I don't know if it does eventually, probably, but not like Whoa. like everything else. So you're just going to be Gross. a pile of hair one day. Hair. Well, I mean, I'll be buried in a grave, so I don't care. But you'll just be a hairball down there. That's fine. Okay. 
<laughs> okay. So despite the island being covered with the coffins of dead people, this John Morton guy, the white settler, he's like, yeah, I still kind of want this land. That's This is cool. I'm fine with this. I'll just get a cleanup crew in yeah. here. <laughs> just have a quick shower and then uh, proceed. Um, but once he heard this actual history behind it with the battle and all that, he, he changed his mind. He was like, nope, I'm out. So he changed his mind. So then the island continued to be used as a cemetery for the local settlers. So like the white people around, they've continued just to use it as a graveyard. And now, again, small space. They're, I can't even imagine where you're putting bodies at this point. I know that they're rotting and stuff, decomposing, but... You're just burying bodies on bodies. Yeah. It's so it's, yeah, it's a little unsettling. Um, and in 1887, it was actually made into a proper cemetery called Mountain View Cemetery. Hmm. So there it is. This island is a cemetery. In 1862 was when the smallpox epidemic killed an upwards of 30,000 indigenous people. And mm. it wasn't eradicated until 1972. That's when the vaccine came. So that's over 100 years. Um, yeah, 30,000 indigenous people were wiped out by smallpox. And so they used the island in the, about 18, the late 1880s. They used the island to quarantine people with smallpox. What? So you'd be sent to this island. Where there's just dead bodies dead everywhere. Dead bodies everywhere. And you lived there until you got better and you were allowed to come off. Or you lived there till you died and you just died there. Whoa. Oh, whoa. So now... There's a lot more bodies just piling oh, up. Oh, my God. So over the years, yeah. many people have tried to lease the land over, over time. Theod- a man named Theodore Ludgate eventually cleared the island to build a sawmill and to log it. However, he was unable to ma- maintain the lease, and the island went to the government. So there's kind of a little story. I'll say anybody that tries to acquire this land is cursed, like gets, is cursed and they don't, they're never able to. No one's ever actually been able to keep the land for their own personal reasons or personal uses so the government eventually gave it to the city and we're hoping they'd use it for parkland like because stanley park was there and so they took the anything that was properly buried on the island they moved the bodies to stanley park and reburied them in unmarked graves whoa wait what think about that for a second so so okay. they cleared out all the bodies yeah. that were that they could distinguish as bodies or coffins and do you know where in Stanley Park? I did and not do know. you know how many bodies I don't have that information that is, okay that makes Stanley Park way creepier mm-hmm. So today this little island sits as a naval station since 1944 so in the middle of World War II it was made into a naval station called the HMCS Discovery. And today, it is still part of the Navy. It's part of the World Can- uh, Royal Canadian Navy Reserve. The ghost stories now um, all come from the people that are part of the, the Navy that stay there. And there is tons. They stay on the island? Yeah, because there's an actual, there's buildings there. Okay. So the, the reserve is built there, and they stay there. So they hear chanting often. There's disembodied voices, footsteps, unexplained sounds all the time, um, apparitions, and being they reports of being touched by unseen hands oh. when they're by themselves. Creepy. So there's I guess there's more than one building, and Building One has the most paranormal activity that's reported. So I'm just gonna read a few of the stories here from some of the seamen. Seamen, and we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so I got a joke. You got a joke. Yeah. Great time for it. Let's hear it. How do you circumcise a whale? Ah, uh, I don't know. Send down four skin divers. <laughs> We're that's this is a rated R episode. <laughs> okay, so the base is usually locked and vacant at night, but leading seaman A. M. Hamilton had been given. <laughs> who Sorry. names their seaman? Just joking. I can't take that this word seriously so bad. now, darling. You've ruined it for me. I didn't ruin yes, it for you. you did. That, but we okay. are grown ass women. Well, let's be serious. You can say semen without smiling. Can you though? <laughs> the leading semen, A. M. Hamilton, had been given. A. <laughs> M. Hamilton, who worked for the Navy, had been given special permission to stay overnight. 
Can I do this? Can I read? I'm not stopping you. I'm not stopping you, am I? Okay, <laughs> okay I'm just I'm just wiping my cries. Okay. Just like wiping my cries. Just pinch yourself till I'm done this sentence, okay? okay. Alright. No eye contact for now. Stop! It's fucking it's grade nine photography all over again. And see, how is it my fault? You see? You're yeah, proving but, it. But then I get kicked out because you're being an idiot and I no, can't stop laughing. You're being an idiot and you're laughing. <laughs> sorry. I'm just doing my job. I'm being an idiot. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I got it all out. We're good. We're back. <sighs> Shake it off. <laughs> okay. All right. So the... <laughs> So this is the, the goat, some of the ghost stories that are reported. The base is usually locked and vacant at night, but leading semen... It... <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> this room is now possessed. I can't fucking do this shit. <laughs> I just won't look for a bit. Just don't talk to me. I have to tell you a fucking, this is our podcast. Just talk to the wall for now. Okay. <laughs> I got sweaty. Okay. <clears throat> so the base is usually locked at night and vacant. But one of the Navy members had been given special permission to stay overnight in building number one. On the first night, she was startled awake by the voices and footsteps of two men going going up the outside staircase. She heard the men carry on up the staircase talking right up to the third floor. She then heard furniture being moved around what was once the base radar's room right above her. This went on for half of an hour. So the next day, Hamilton spoke with the commissioner who had been on watch at the entrance of the gate. So there was a, there it is, the causeway. So there was a causeway from Stanley Park. There is still. There's a causeway from Stanley Park to Deadman's Island where the Navy Reserve is. And there's a gate there because it's not open to the public. You can't go on this island now. And so the commissioner was on watch um, at the security gate. So that next morning she went and said, who was here? Like, I was supposed to be alone. Um, And he said that there was nobody. Nobody came through the gate. She was the only person on the island. And this sound kept her up for half an hour. He could have maybe just been trying to scare her, though. I don't think that's something they do. Yeah. And she heard men talking right. more than, like, a couple, and moving furniture. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um, but I would say that's probably pretty unlikely. The next night, at about 1.30 in the morning, Hamilton's sleep was again disturbed. This time, it was just the sound of furniture being moved upstairs that woke her. She wondered whether it was the commissioner doing security rounds, but that didn't explain it. She should have heard his footsteps along the hallways and the opening and closing of the doors as he checked the various rooms. She, But she hadn't. Hamilton thought about looking to see what was making the sound, so she wandered out, but she felt so uneasy and afraid that she felt like this awful feeling inside yep. that she retreated back to her room and couldn't couldn't find that out. That is that feeling that I'm talking about that, that I was talking feeling. about in the last episode. Yeah. You just feel things and, and you, you know they're not. So, yeah. Something's up. So, <clears throat> in 1991, leading seaman C. Gran was stationed overnight in building number one as a security guard. He was there because of the possibility of anti-Gulf War activists invading the base. In the middle of the night, he visited the bathroom. While sitting on the toilet, he heard the double doors connecting the main building to the drill hall open and then close. So this surprised him because he thought he was alone again. Right. Gran radioed over to the commissioner, assuming his colleague had made the noise while doing the rounds. And the commissioner replied that he's at the front gate, not in the building, that he had never left his post. Gran left the bathroom and searched the building and nobody was there. He also confirmed that all the exterior doors were locked. So there's some there's some shit going on. Whoa. Some spooky shit. So there's some more there's a lot more of these. Someone heard footsteps in a nearby staircase while he was doing paperwork. He again assumed, assumed he was the only person there. When he investigated, he found that the lights were out on all the staircases and nobody was there. So he again phoned the Freaky. security and he was the only person on the island. <clears throat> Can anybody go there? No, we can't. No. No, I looked. Yeah, I tried to figure that. I'm like, there's another place to visit, but we cannot. So there is tons of ghost stories, and quite rightly, 
I mean, it's they're literally on an ancient uh, ancient burial ground, and then with you know a couple other cemeteries built on top, and that island is I'm sure haunted. That is the story of Dead Man's Island. Wow, that is very cool. Good job, Darla. So my I got my information from, of course, uh, a little bit on Wikipedia, uh, ghostofvancouver.com, the Project Gutenberg ebook of Legends of Vancouver by E. Pauline Johnson. That was a super interesting read, actually. And from the Scariish podcast, episode 154. Noise. Noise, noise, noise. Because we're not allowed to go there, it makes me want to go there so much So more. I was looking it up, and they actually had a day where it was open to the public this one day, but it was like 2007 or 2000. It was a long time ago, and I was like, what the heck? So, I mean, maybe, maybe one day they'll open it again for the day. You just got to show. I don't know why they even did that, but that would be sweet. That would be super sweet. And then you could be Kezia Seaman. I'm good. <laughs> Seaman, Darla. Seaman Ballman. Oh, Rebecca is shaking her head disapprovingly, in like an angry disapprovant, like a mom, mm-hmm. like a like a disapproving disappointed, mom face, disappointed mom. Like we blew it today at school. Shit. We got the teacher sent a report card, and there was an F on it. Do you know what the worst part <laughs> about being a parent is? Making their fucking lunches every day. Darla, I just needed to say that. They can they, make their you own You know lunches. that they usually do. Now, at the ages they are, 6, 9, and 11, they can, and they usually do. But even the few times, like, I'm going to make their lunches tonight because I just wanted them to go to bed so we could, and I said, I'll do your lunches. And now having that loom overhead, like, that's my next job before I go to bed is ruining my vibe. Darla, do you know what I'm really good at? Making lunches? Yep. Well, why are you still sitting here? Because I'm talking to you about <laughs> making lunches. Well, we could power through it after. Yeah, I'll help you. And uh, that's a wrap. I am. I, yeah, I'm ready to uh I'm ready to make some night. lunches. Let's go <laughs> Good night, everybody. Bye. Bye.